Welcome to Xanadu Gallery's Red Dot Podcast. I'm Jason Horsch, owner of Xanadu Gallery, publisher of Red Dot Blog, and your host for this podcast. This is episode 10, and it is a pleasure to be here with you again. Today's episode is from our Ask Me Anything series. And in this series, I reach out to uh, a group on my mailing list, uh, Readers Red Dot Blog, and request that you send in questions. And I try and take those questions and uh, uh, hopefully give some helpful information response. And it's a great opportunity for me to get uh, some input and insights into uh, what maybe you're having challenges with, um, what you're struggling with, or or just what your questions are about the art and uh, gallery business. Uh, and so we're going to do that today. And as I've mentioned in the past when I do this, um, I know that many of you have questions. And, and of course, I'm only getting to uh, a small number of you at any one given time. And in fact, um, uh, even just from the small group that I reached out to for this episode, I received uh, far more questions than I'll be able to get to in the time that we have. But I'm going to cover as many as I can. And uh, slowly but surely, I'm going to try and get to all of your questions um, and and respond to those and because um, uh, really some great questions coming in. So um, with that, I'm going to jump into the questions and I've I, I didn't necessarily organize these questions um, in, in any thematic or or even any systematic way. In fact, I'm just taking them in a, the exact order that they came in to me. Uh, but it's interesting because I feel like um, they kind of group themselves. These first three questions that we're going to look at are going to be related, um, and then some of the later questions as well. Um, and uh, when I send out the uh, invitation to uh, submit questions, I asked if the artist would like to be named or left anonymous. So some of these you're going to find out uh, at least a first name, and others are going to remain completely anonymous. And this first one is an anonymous question. Uh, and this artist asks uh, or, or says, I'm currently very happily represented by gallery in my small town, but want to branch out and hopefully gain representation in larger nearby cities. Obviously, I need to discuss this with the current gallery owner, but wondered if you have thoughts on what his potential perspective, issues, feelings might be about this. Uh, for example, moving inventory, keeping prices the same, and in parentheses, the artist says, of course, proximity, competition, anything else. I almost feel like it's cheating to leave or branch out. This is an issue that most artists who are are going to be showing in galleries are going to run into in some form or another. Whether it's, uh, as in this case, you're showing locally and are trying to reach out to nearby cities or uh, you found representation um, in a more distant city, and there are other cities or, or towns around it that also have galleries that you want to show in, and it's a question of exclusivity. Uh, many galleries, as they're considering representing you and, and proposing a contract, are going to want some kind of exclusivity in their relationship and, and their representation of you. And so it's really important um, and, and especially as you're becoming, uh, or if you become um, very active and your goal is to be showing in a lot of galleries, it's important 
um, in most cases, to try and understand what a gallery's expectations are for exclusivity as early in the relationship as possible. Um, and, and most of the time, like I say, it's going to be delineated in a consignment contract that you sign. And so you'll know right away what they're, what they're requesting. Um, and, and if you don't see it in the contract, ask about it uh, as you begin working with a new gallery. Um, you, know, you know, what kind of exclusivity do you expect in terms of representation? And um, I could go on for some time explaining the ins and outs of exclusivity, but the, the short answer as to why galleries uh, prefer to have some exclusivity um, and, and the reason that I requested of my artists is just a, a simple question of, uh, marketing and um, uh, kind of keeping the, the sales process clean. In essence, as a gallery owner, if I'm representing an artist, I don't want to be competing with my marketing dollars for someone else who is in my immediate trade area. Um, and so uh, I ask for exclusivity at a minimum in the greater metropolitan Phoenix, Scottsdale area where I'm located. Um, and uh, in essence, I wouldn't want an artist to be showing in another gallery here that's going to be putting out magazine advertisements or social media advertising, and I'm doing the same thing, and then that's leading to confusion among uh, potential buyers. They're not sure you know, where the message is coming from, which gallery they should be going to. Uh, you run into issues where I have a, a piece of artwork that uh, maybe the other gallery would like to sell and, and so on and so forth. And so it just leads to complications. Now, of course, that's only one side of it. Um, you know, that's why the gallery wants exclusivity. But if, as an artist, you know, I would look at every uh, kind of aspect of a contract uh, and every demand from the gallery, in this case, they're demanding exclusivity, I would look at that as it needs to be a give and take. And if you're demanding exclusivity, I'm going to hope as an artist that that means that I can expect from you your very best efforts in promoting and marketing and selling my artwork. Um, you know, obviously, I, I wouldn't just want to put my artwork in a gallery that's demanding exclusivity and then have them... Uh, sit on it and, and not actively be promoting it, um, you, you know, and, and not be working towards my benefit. Um, now, there, we're going to kind of get to some other aspects of, of that issue uh, going forward. But um, in terms of, of the question th that the artist sent in, the, now, now I kind of have to think of this in terms of uh, approaching the gallery that I'm showing in in my, my local town and having this conversation with them. And the way I would approach this is I would say, uh, I want you to know that I love working with you guys. Uh, you're doing a great job representing my work. And of course, this is assuming that that's the case and that's how you feel. Obviously, you want to be honest. And, and um, you know, things have been going well and I've been working very hard and building up my inventory. And I feel like it's time to expand my representation. And as I do that, I want to be very careful about um, not stepping on your toes or getting in the way of our efforts or jeopardizing our relationship in any way. Um, you, you know, how do you feel um, about me reaching out to other galleries? And, and then you might go on to say, and, you know, I've been considering galleries in 
this or that uh, nearby bigger city? Would that be an issue? And, and just have an open conversation and, and see what their feelings are. And, and I, I, the, the question was, how would I feel about that if, if an artist approached me with those uh, with that kind of question. And, and I would say that as long as um, I felt that uh, it wasn't going to create the kind of conflict that I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to have a problem with that. And, and in a lot of ways, and I, I hope other galleries think this way, the broader the exposure an artist is getting, the more galleries that uh, she or he is showing in, um, th the better it is for all of us. Uh, there is some real value, and, and this happens all the time with artists in my gallery, where I'll have collectors come in and say, oh yeah, we recognize this artist's work. We saw his work in Santa Fe, or we saw uh, this other artist's work um, in, in Chicago, and we really liked what she was doing. And, and that familiarity, um, a lot of times with collectors especially, they need to see artists... Uh, several times and, and encounter that work in, in multiple venues and, and, and kind of that helps build credibility and interest and, and can be very powerful. And so um, hopefully your gallery will see it that way that, you know, I, I don't have specifics in the question from the artist as to how far away these other larger cities are. Um, you know, are they in a, a, a um, you know, a geographical market that, that would overlap with the, the gallery that he's currently showing in? I'm not sure. Um, and, and those are questions that have to be answered. And, and if the answer from your gallery is, eh, I'm a little uncomfortable with you showing in, in these particular markets, then my suggestion would be uh, to, to go on and reach out to other markets and, and expand your, your, um, your, your target markets a little bit beyond just those nearby cities. And, and I'm going to talk about that in another question here in just a second as well. Um, so then the next question, and this one comes from Priscilla. And Priscilla says, I've been a professional artist now for 15 years. To me, that means it is my primary work mission focus in life. I've maintained a studio, held open studios, shown in many venues, both in for-profit and non-profit, and I've sold a little, uh, by no means enough to live on. I've been lucky. I have savings from a prior career with a good salary. I've had a good quality website also for 15 years, a Facebook page for seven years, and have done a good bit of networking. When I show my work, I always get very positive feedback from visitors. They say things like, I love your work. Uh, and I've never seen anything like it before. It's wonderful, and yours is the best work in this exhibit, etc. Um, but this hasn't translated into sales. What would you recommend? Um, and and um, I, I suspect that when it says it hasn't translated into sales, that doesn't mean there haven't been any sales, but just not the level of sales that you would like or expect or, or hope for. Um, and and I, I'm glad Priscilla sent this question in, and I feel, and, and from talking to a lot of artists and interacting with a lot of artists on uh, Red Dot Blog, I get the sense that um, there are a lot of artists who struggle with this very issue. Uh, it's clear that people are interested in your work. Uh, it's clear that you're doing something that's unique, but you're not quite... Um, you're not quite getting there in terms of, of converting that interest into purchases and, and into long-term relationships with collectors. Now, 
I mean, this really is a, a, a very complex, uh, difficult question to answer. And it's a question that every artist, no matter how long they've been doing it, what, what level their sales are, they're going to struggle with this to some degree. Um, you know, at some level, every artist is looking to increase exposure and sales and, and um, you know, get a better conversion rate from those people who are interested. And it's important to note that um, at some level, you're always going to have this, um, uh, I would say, this, this gap between the total number of people who are interested in your work versus those that are buying and it's always going to be a pretty large gap um, you know even in our gallery we're ushering hundreds of people through the gallery uh, to get to one sale um, and and you know to a certain extent uh, my, my first suggestion is that we really do need to think about this uh, this process of selling your artwork as a, a business we need to look at it that way um, and, and think of, and, and, and this is a little bit hard, I know, for a lot of artists to do because it almost feels like there are, are two different things or, or two different aspects of what you're doing that not only do they feel very disparate, um, but they also feel sometimes almost contradictory and, and mutually exclusive. And that is that uh, from a certain standpoint, I, I, I understand that an artist feels like uh, that, that creative process and the time that you're in the studio creating is more a calling than a, uh, a profession, a business, um, and that what you're doing there, you would do no matter what, um, even if there was no prospect for sales. Um, and, and, and in some ways that the uh, creative process and, and the uh, evolution of your work and, and all the effort that you're putting in there is uh, at, at some level, uh, you know, just almost sacred. It's almost a, a higher calling in life. And, and so then it can feel like when you need to do what it takes to make sales happen, that um, in some ways you might be betraying that, uh, that calling um, some artists feel almost like they're stooping to sell their work. And, and what I found is that the artists who are going to be most successful in their careers are those artists who can successfully navigate that dichotomy between um, the creative process and the sales process. Um, and, and some of them, it just feels very natural to be able to do that. Um, for others, they really have to work at it um, or, or find ways around it, uh, you know, have people help them with the business side of things um, and, and ju just really um, find the way to make those two things work together. Now, to Priscilla's question, um, this, this issue then of, okay, uh, I am taking it seriously. I do want to sell more of my work, and that's implicit in this question. You know, what do, I, what do you recommend to help me translate that interest into more sales? And, and generally speaking, for most artists, if the artwork isn't selling, um, you know, there are a number of different factors that can come into play. Um, you know, one is at a very basic level, are you creating artwork uh, that is of a quality and is at a creative level that, um, you, you know, would be appropriate 
for showing and, and selling to potential collectors. And, and fortunately, um, for almost every artist, the answer to that is going to be yes. And, and I can say that because we have a very broad market of potential buyers out there. Um, and, and that means that even if you are early in your career and don't have a lot of experience and are just experimenting in your style and technique and, um, you know, just in the process of beginning to build the quality of your work, well, there are also uh, potential art buyers out there who may be uh, in the beginning of their process of collecting and, um, and, and there are a wide range of, of interests and, um, you know, people, uh, different aesthetic interests. And so it's likely that somewhere out there is going to be a buyer who's going to be interested in purchasing your artwork and acquiring it for, for their home or, or their business place or for their collection. Now, the challenge then is kind of the next aspect of this question of how do I get to more sales? And that is, how do I get my artwork in front of those, those potential buyers? And it sounds to me like it's possible that what Priscilla is experiencing is, um, you know, not a lack of, of quality or creativity, but maybe just the venues where she's showing the work are not attracting people who would be both interested in the work. We've got the interest, but maybe we're not getting qualified um, buyers, people who have both the interest and the disposable income and the means to be able to convert that interest into a purchase. Um, and so exposure in the right venues is, is that kind of second factor I look at after the question of quality and creativity of the artwork. Um, and, and what I find a lot of artists doing is spending a lot of time exposing their work and going to shows um, and, and repeatedly doing things that just aren't working. Um, and, and I understand the challenge. You live in a certain area. You're going to have certain shows uh, and perhaps certain galleries that are going to be convenient for you to access. And you can pretty easily get into the habit of participating in these events and shows. And uh, she men mentions that she shows in many venues, both for-profit, non-profit. And you can kind of get into a groove where... Um, you know, different organizations have different shows. You keep doing them, even though the results are consistently disappointing. And, and I don't want to suggest that if you're participating in a, an event or a show that, that isn't successful for you one time, um, that you should automatically drop that event because we all know that uh, sales can come and go from those kinds of events. But if after two or three times you're not seeing the results that you'd like to see, it's, it is time to uh, move on and find other venues. Um, you, you just cannot afford to waste the, the time and effort and energy in, in shows and events and, and venues that are not resulting in the sales that you'd like to see. So don't be afraid to branch out and try new things and, and uh, go more broadly. Now, other factors at play, um, pricing. You may be showing work that people are interested in, but your price point is wrong for that venue. Um, and, and I would, would be very careful and, and would urge you to become a, a real student and market analyst of the markets that you're showing your work in. And if you are participating in art festivals or showing in particular galleries, you want to make sure that your price points aren't 
radically out of line with the price points of the other artists who are showing and, and even better artists who are selling in those venues. Um, and, and so I think as, you know, part of this process is be, of becoming a better uh, art business person, uh, market analysis is absolutely critical to that process um, and paying attention to what's going on and, and what's selling and making sure that your price points fit into uh, the market where you're showing your work. And that means, um, you know, kind of going back to the previous point, that when you do that analysis and you see what the price points are of other artists who are selling in the venues that you're participating in, if you find that you are radically out of line, and, and in most cases that would be you selling for far more than other artists showing in those venues, um, and, and if you say, well, I can't lower my price and still be profitable after my materials and uh, you know time and other expenses then that is another indicator that you need to be looking for other venues where you can sell your work and again we're very fortunate to live in a time and an art market where you you do have a very wide range of different uh, art markets and, and venues um, you know selling from very low price points to very high price points. And so, um, you know, those would be the, the key factors that I'd be looking at. And, and maybe the, the final one I'd mention is that it's, it's important to try as much as possible and show in a variety of different venues, um, preferably all at the same time. You want to diversify your market. Um, and, and so most of the successful artists that I'm working with are not just showing in in my gallery, um, or not just doing one show, they're showing in uh, multiple galleries across the country. They're participating in multiple different shows, and they're they're kind of, you know, both multiplying the exposure that they're getting, and thereby increasing the chance that they're going to get that artwork in front of the collector who's interested and qualified. And I know, I, I mean, and that's just a, a brief summary of of you know, what, what in truth ends up being a lifelong pursuit and a, and, and a very sometimes difficult and, and sacrifice requiring process for many artists. And so, um, you know, I can only kind of briefly touch on some of those points, but in essence, I would, would encourage um, Priscilla and other artists who are struggling with this issue. You know, if you know you've got interest and you know that you've made some sales, so, so you know that uh, there is indeed a market out there. And if you're not seeing the level of sales that you want, um, you, you know, it's going to take some, some pushing and some real effort on your part to break your current habits and cycles of showing and look for new venues um, and, and do the analysis to make sure your pricing is right, your quality is comparable, and, and get the work out there. And, and I, you know, make no mistake... Um, that's going to require some, some work. The next question comes from Lorene and um, kind of related to our previous two questions and that she says, I do not live in a city. In fact, my studio is located in a remote rural area. The nearest art galleries are in two cities that are located about 250 miles away from me. Neither of these cities is large as both have populations under 250,000. While there are two or three galleries in each city, they all struggle because of the small population 
and current regional economic downturns. I have a good relationship with the gallery in one of the cities, though they don't sell much, and have recently, by a mutual agreement, ended a relationship with the gallery in the other. I'd like to expand my representation to another center outside this geographic region. But then we're talking about distances between four and 500 miles or further with the next centers that are being uh, three days drive away. I know that some personal presence helps when approaching galleries and then when maintaining a relationship. What I'd like to know more about is how important that is and can a long distance approach really work? Um, and, and so this, this does speak to both of the previous questions. Um, you, you know, and, and let me be clear, I am absolutely an advocate of, as you're thinking about, and especially as you're getting started, um, if you're early in your career, looking for opportunities to show your work close to home. Because as Lorraine mentions, there is real value in being able to uh, pursue and then maintain a, a close relationship with a, a local or at least a nearby gallery. Um, there are advantages to FaceTime and, and to that relationship. However, um, you know, you're going to be limited in how much uh, you can, can get out of nearby relationships. And uh, you know, whether it's uh, our first artist who is, is, you know, is showing in a, in a, in a nearby town and, and has a relationship there and wants to reach out, or Laureen, who, uh, you know, doesn't really have any super close towns, is living in a rural area um, and, and is starting to, to, to reach out. Eventually, at some point, you're going to have to go beyond that local comfort zone, so to speak. And this can absolutely be done. It has to be done in most cases. And even artists who are living in large metropolitan areas, um, you know, again, because of the exclusivity question, they're only going to be able to show in one venue locally. And so it's almost inevitable that as an artist uh, expands uh, her or his career, um, that the artist is going to have to go beyond that local area and start to travel. And so, um, uh, can it be done? Absolutely, it can be done. Um, you know, many of the artists that I'm showing are from remote areas. I have artists from, goodness, um, you know, I have artists from as, as far away as, as uh, uh, Toronto and Canada, um, you know, artists from the Midwest, California, Oregon, uh, all over the place. And you know, again, we're very fortunate to live in a time where uh, logistics technology uh, and, the, and the ability that we have to ship artwork uh, makes the process a little bit easier. Um, you know, there's some expense involved in, in having a relationship with a gallery out of your area. There are some risks involved in terms of, you know, it being a little bit more challenging to get to know the gallery and the reputation of the gallery. Um, but it absolutely can and, and I would argue should be done. Um, you know, you should become comfortable with the process of, of traveling and visiting galleries out of your local area, um, you know, kind of getting a sense of what it takes to interview those galleries, to know if you're going to be a good fit to work together. Um, you know, obviously, you've got to know how to approach the galleries and present your work in a professional way. Um, you know, much, much more than I can dive into in, in a conversation here. But, but the short answer is that um, not only can you be doing this, but you absolutely should be doing this. And, and for most artists, that's going to be a requirement um, that you reach out beyond, beyond your local area. Um, my father, um, who I've mentioned a, a number of times in previous podcasts and on the blog, is an artist and 
Um, you know, he just recently took a long road trip to visit his gallery in uh, Minneapolis. Um, and that gallery, you know, it's well over a thousand miles away. Um, not quite 2000, but, but um, it's a good distance from his studio. Uh, and it is one of his consistently best selling galleries. Um, and so he'll ship artwork to them several times a year. And then he tries to uh, load up and take a road trip uh, every 18 months or two years or so uh, to both switch out inventory and to, um, you know, get some of that face time. And, and it's, so it's not unusual uh, for artists to, uh, to be intrepid travelers and, and be willing to, to take those trips. And, and uh, you don't always have to drive. Um, you know, certainly you can fly to visit galleries. Um, and, and again, obviously, this is all going to require investment in terms of travel expenses. But as your success grows and as your sales increase, um, you'll be able to justify those expenses to be able to maintain those relationships with galleries. Uh, Stefan asks the next question, and this is a, a short one. I'd like to know uh, what, what does it mean to be a, quote, good gallery to you? Um, and, you know, again, this relates to, to all the previous questions. Um, you, you know, okay, we're going to try to build relationships with galleries outside our local area. We're going to be doing some traveling or whatever. Um, you know, how do, how do I uh, avoid getting into a relationship that's not going to be beneficial to me or that there are going to be negative aspects to that relationship? Um, and, and certainly, um, you, you know, my hope is that most galleries are good to work with, are professional, uh, you, you know, responsive to their artists and respect the partnership that they're building with their artists. But we have all certainly heard stories of relationships that haven't gone that way. Um, you know, and, and so how do you, how do you know uh, that, that a gallery is going to be good to work with and, and what can you do to, to strengthen those relationships? And, you know, at, at the core level, what does, a, what does it mean to be a good gallery? Well, um, you know, in essence, and I've mentioned this word in, in some of my previous responses, uh, I would really think of your relationship with a gallery as a partnership. And, and I, you, you know, you're going to have the best relationship and, and hopefully the most success with galleries who similarly view your relationship with them as a partnership. And, and it really is, if you think about the way most galleries work with their artists, which is a consignment uh, situation um, where you are entrusting them with the artwork that you've spent a lot of time and made a lot of investment in creating and getting to them, um, and, and they're going to get to show that without having, um, you, you know, put any uh, of their own capital forward to purchase that inventory. Um, although I, I would point out that that gallery is putting a large investment in typically in the space that they are uh, leasing or own to show the work, uh, sales staff, salaries, all those kinds of things. Um, and, and so, you know, there's going to be a large investment made on both sides. And you both benefit and you both have the optimal relationship if the artwork is selling, um, you know, and, and so at, at, at its core level, um, you, you know, that has to be a big part of the definition, uh, a gallery that is going to be working very hard and, and is successful at showing and, and selling your artwork. 
you know, unless you are at a level where, where you're not really concerned about sales anymore and, you know, maybe you're just looking for um, accolades and, and exposure in museum shows or, or those kinds of things. You just want people to experience your work. You're not concerned about the sales. Um, and, and certainly there are artists who um, are at that level or, or maybe have had other careers and, and it's never been a question of, of generating sales from their artwork. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but for those of you who are interested in um, exposing and, and selling your artwork. And, and I would point out, it's not just a question of money, but, but really that whole process is what allows collectors and, and art buyers to bring your artwork into their life, which is going to bring them a, a lot of enjoyment and, and pleasure. And, and so it, it takes a lot of effort to, to make that happen. And so I would, you know, if I'm looking at galleries to work with, I'm looking for a gallery that, that is focused on that that is good at navigating the process of introducing art collectors to new artists, to building long-term relationships between the collectors and, and the artist's work and, and hopefully multiple purchases. And, and ultimately it does come down to that question of, are they good at generating sales for you and good at communicating with you and, and respecting that partnership? Um, and every gallery is going to be a little bit different in how they approach the process. And, and you'll see that uh, different galleries have different strengths and weaknesses. But as you have and, and build experience with, uh, with your galleries, um, ultimately, you'll just start to get, uh, you know, you'll grow into a kind of a, a art career wisdom where you have a sense from, you know, many artists just, just in the first few minutes that they meet a new gallery owner or visit a gallery will have a pretty good sense of how proactive that gallery is, how, um, you know, how much effort they're putting forward and can then translate that into a sense of, of how good the gallery will be for them. Um, and, and I would just also suggest that, um, you know, as, as you're beginning to work with new galleries, you can do a little bit of background research and get a little bit of a sense of how good they're going to be to work with by talking to some of the other artists who are showing in that gallery and seeing how they feel about their relationship with the gallery and you know how good the gallery's been to work with. The next question comes from Marissa. Um, and, and this is a, a question I think many artists encounter as well. Um, and Marissa says, uh, this spring season, I took a lot of opportunities for art shows around the Southeast. I met a lot of great people who loved my work and purchased. I also noticed, though, that a lot of art show visitors commented that my work would be great in a nursery. And then I get the dreaded comment, do you do children's books? Um, so obviously, um, Marissa's work is somewhat whimsical in nature, animals, and, and um, you know, has a, a very um, engaging effect, but, but elicits these kinds of, of comments. And, and Marissa goes on to say, well, I have nothing against the illustration profession. I cringe inside every time I heard these comments. I always deal with guests in my booth with respect, as I know they only mean well. However, this is not how I want to be perceived as a children's artist. I am learning that this perception of my work has a great deal to do with the demographic of a show. Older conservatives tend to view the work for kids. Young professionals and artsy folks of all ages love it 
and purchase for their home. Um, so I guess my, my first response is that um, it's great that Marissa has done some analysis, even if it's just a, a little less formal analysis of the demographics of her buyers. Uh, my first suggestion is that, well, if you know that it's young professionals and creatives who are, are going to naturally be more interested in your work, the, the clear first step would be to uh, seek out and, and, and try and get into venues that are going to cater to those types of buyers. Um, you know, it, it, you, can, you can kind of... Um, look at this in two ways. You can be trying to chase down a, a, a demographic and change their perception and, and maybe do something to your work that, that makes it appeal more to those uh, older conservative um, uh, kinds of people. And, and, you know, certainly there could probably be some arguments made that um, certain demographics are going to have more disposable income, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I would suggest that uh, you pursue the market that's going to be most readily interested in your work. Um, and even though it may be a little bit more effort and, and maybe your price points are going to have to be adjusted to, to cater to that market, I would far prefer to have a clientele who is um, instantly attracted and excited about the artwork than to have to battle to convince um, a, a clientele that, that I already have a sense isn't as likely to be interested. Um, and, and so, um, you know, again, and this goes back to that, that question we talked about earlier of, of thinking about venues that work and don't work for you. And Marissa, if there are certain shows that seem to overwhelmingly cater to an audience that's probably not going to be as interested in your work, um, you know, I would be reluctant and hesitant to, to participate in those shows again. Um, to, to a certain extent, it's almost inevitable, though, and, and I mentioned this earlier, that, uh, you know, you're, it's just a bit of a numbers game. And, and maybe even some of those shows that are predominantly people who are not going to be interested in your artwork and make those kinds of comments. Um, but there are enough of the other um, potential buyers coming to the show to make it worthwhile, then maybe you just slog through it and, um, you know, make it work and, and suffer through some of those kinds of comments. And, and I completely agree with you that you want to take it uh, respectfully and be careful not to, um, you know, insult your potential buyers. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there is nothing wrong, especially in the initial phases of your career with doing some uh, cherry picking, if you will, you know, looking for the low hanging fruit. Um, now, as far as, you know, if you are participating in those shows and you are getting a lot of those, those um, people saying things like, oh, it looks like it's, uh, you know, children's art or, uh, you know, could be in a children's book. I, I would suggest that one way to help um, counteract this and, and maybe dim it down a little bit would be to have some large um, photographs of your artwork showing in, uh, in, in people's homes or, or businesses that are very clearly not children's rooms or nurseries. Um, you know, you almost let that picture speak a thousand words for you by showing these potential collectors that, hey, look, my art looks 
great in this multi-million dollar home. Um, it looks great in this collector's space um, with very serious surroundings. And it adds a lot to the, to the environment. And, um, you know, th that kind of, of imagery, if you can get it, and boy, I sure recommend if you're ever doing a delivery to a client's home where the artwork looks great, make sure you're getting a bunch of great photos of that artwork because it is an incredible credibility booster to do that. Um, and it, you know, a lot of times potential buyers just can't make the leap and can't use their imagination to see your artwork in their space. But if you're giving them photos that do this, um, it, it can be incredibly powerful in helping them realize that it could work in, in their space. And um, boy, I would use those photos at shows and festivals. Um, I would put them in my portfolio. I would have them on my website. And I would be constantly striving to get more of those photos, um, you know, getting into the habit of, of capturing those photos and then using them and sharing them. Um, you know, I, I am sure that most of you at some point have thought about buying new furniture or doing some kind of upgrading or remodeling to your home. And um, it is likely that you probably went online and looked at images of the furniture or, uh, you know, remodeling efforts of, of others to see how they were making them work. And it made a, made a big difference in your process. And, and likewise, art buyers like to be reassured that they're making a good decision. And the, uh, one of the best ways to make that happen is to show them that they're not alone in the decision uh, making process, that other people love your work and are incorporating it into their uh, their homes and spaces. And, um, it, you know, kind of as a final note there, that I would also, that, that comes into play on your resume. If you have, um, obviously, experience on your, that you can include on your resume, educational experience, awards that you've won, shows that you've participated in, that can be uh, of, of some value, but one of the most valuable things you can add to your resume is a list of people who have collected your artwork, um, especially if you have any VIP or recognizable names um, on your your resume. So it's all about um, you know building that credibility, building repeat exposure for your work, and uh, and, and just helping people um, see, in some ways, almost helping them allow themselves to love your artwork enough to to collect it. And I am out of time for this podcast. I didn't get to um, a, a number of the questions that, uh, that I would have liked to have gotten to. Um, but as I said, uh, this is going to be an ongoing uh, podcast. We'll, we'll do the Ask Me Anything sessions with some frequency. And so my hope is to get to all of your questions um, but but uh, hopefully this was uh, some helpful information, and I appreciate you uh, spending some time with me. I want to remind you that um, we are in the final week of registrations and applications for Xanadu Gallery's mentorship program, um, and, and that is a, a, an awesome program that we do every year. I've mentioned it in, in past podcasts, but if you haven't had a chance to uh, apply for the mentorship, um, or, or at least check it out and see if it might be right for you, I would encourage you to hop on Red Dot Blog. Uh, there is a post on the blog about the mentorship, or you can go directly to 
uh, our website for the mentorship, uh, which it's a little bit of a long address, but if you bear with me, you'll get it. It is mentorship.artbusinessacademy, all one word, dot net. Mentorship.artbusinessacademy.net. Uh, join us for the, uh, the mentorship process. Uh, you could potentially have your work selected and be shown in Xanadu Gallery during our 2017-18 season. Uh, but more importantly, during the mentorship process, we have bi-weekly broadcasts where we talk about every aspect and the ins and outs of the art business. And I help uh, help you kind of gear your presentation of your work, your professionalism to be ready to show to collectors and to galleries. And everyone who applies um, can uh, participate in those biweekly broadcasts. So it's an awesome experience for everyone involved. So I'd encourage you to uh, check it out and join us for the mentorship. That's again, mentorship.artbusinessacademy.net. Uh, and I will include a link below the podcast on the blog. Thanks again for joining me for this podcast. We'll look forward to having you in the next session.